Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Without College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler. And today, oh boy, I got an episode to share with you. I just had a conversation with a gentleman named Lance Stander. Lance is a South African-born entrepreneur who moved to the United States and is now the owner of a company called Superformance LLC. Superformance does the coolest stuff. They rebuild race cars from the 1960s. So think about those beautiful cars like the Ford GT40, the Corvette, Shelby Daytona Coupe, the Mark II, Mark III. And the coolest thing is that they are licensed by the manufacturers. So these are as legit as you can get. We talk about a variety of things like how he started the business, how he obtained these licensing deals, which is basically impossible and what he plans on implementing as far as new technology in these vehicles moving forward. And it's just really cool stuff. You don't have to be a car person to appreciate this episode. I can tell you from my own experience, I am not that into cars when it comes down to the fine technical details, but I can tell you when I love the look of a car and every single car in the inventory at Superformance is unbelievable. If you're interested in seeing the full lineup, go to superformance.com. You'll be blown away by what they're able to do. And just imagine yourself driving one of these vehicles uh, on the street with all the modern tools that you need to be safe and to still have a really great time driving this thing. And uh, I'm confident that you'll want one too after hearing this episode. So please, without further delay, enjoy this episode with Lance Stander. Thank you for joining the show. It's an honor to have you on. Thanks. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, for all the listeners out there who maybe are not familiar with you already, would you be able to give them a recap of what you do, what is Superformance, and, and how did you get involved in this industry? Okay. So, Superformance started approximately 35 years ago, almost. Uh, Jim Price in South Africa wanted to have a Viper. Ah, sorry, a Cobra. And um, he, uh, he just didn't find anything good in, 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 the, in South Africa. They were basically just the kid cars. And he went over to America. He thought, well, I'll, I'll let me get something in America. And he came over and he, and he didn't like what he saw here either. The, the kit cars were not really of good quality. And uh, so he took the best he could find in the U.S., took it back to America and redid it in 5,000 Cobras and GT40s, Daytonas and all later. Uh, yeah, Superformance has now been around just over 30 years, uh, 25 years in the U.S. Um, I came over from South Africa originally and um, yeah, with, with another business in mind, heard about the Superformance Cobras in the U.S. And, and um, actually, my wife was the one more interested in us doing it. She said, this will be fun. We can just do it as a, as a side business, you know. 
And uh, so we started, we, we had brought our company, Hill Bank, which was a family business that we'd owned in South Africa. To date, it's 45 years. Uh, we brought it over 20 years ago and started Hill Bank and started being a super performance dealer. And then within a, a short period of time, um, in 2004, we bought super performance from high tech, the factory in South Africa, Jim Price had owned it. I bought all the tooling, the intellectual property rights and worldwide distribution and carried on the path that Jim, Jim had started where, where we were going to be licensed by all the original manufacturers, as opposed to being a kit car replica company. And, uh, the first step was we got licensed by Shelby to be exclusive and the only company that may build, build a, a car and, and, um, and call it a Cobra. Uh, and then we progressed to taking over the building of all the original Shelby Cobras for Shelby also. And, uh, so now we, we, we build everything that Carol was involved with in the sixties from the CSX, uh, 2000 to the CSX 3000 and which are now called 4,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 different model numbers. So we do the slab sides um, and the uh, FIA Cobras, the Sebring Cobra. And of course, the Shelby Daytona Coupe, the only American world championship winning car with Bob Bonneron. Um, we built it in the small Daytona, which was the original car that raced in 1965, won the world championship. We also built the CSX 9000, which was designed by Peter Brock, who designed the original Daytona Coupe. And Peter then uh, designed the new Daytona, which was a longer wheelbase, which is a car he always wanted to do right back then in the 60s, Paul Carroll. Um, but Carroll said, then we haven't got time or money. You just got to put the Daytona body, your body, on a 289 slab side. And that's what they did back in the 60s. And of course, now the new Daytona is so much more luxurious. It looks perfect. Peter did a wonderful job of the car and it looks like a Daytona, but it's got the comfort. It's got air conditioning, power steering, electric windows, central locking, and just a great tourer. And of course, about, <clears throat> what is it, eight, nine years ago, we went ahead with the GT40 and, um, and we have the Mark one and the Mark two GT40 and the, the Mark two, which is of course what Carol and Ford beat Ferrari in 1966 for second and third, annihilated them. Um, and, and that's the car we do today. And we're also celebrating the 50th year of the 1968-69 Lamar wins with the Ford GT where, with Jackie X and uh, Jackie Oliver and, and wonderful, amazing guys that raced the cars back then. So Superformers has specialized in doing new original cars for the original manufacturers. And, and there's a word that comes out, which is continuations, but they're really not continuations or in a, in a, in a form they are. Um, they are brand new Shelby's. We also licensed by General Motors to do the Corvette Grand Sport, which was a famous Corvette that August Dantoff developed in, in the early 60s, 1963. Uh, and, and there were unfortunately only five of them built before GM pulled the plug on the program. It was an amazing car. When it first came out, it actually did give the Cobras a hard time and was beating the Cobras in, at a lot of the races. Um, but then when GM pulled out, it could no longer race in the production car class. Um, so those original five are worth multiple millions and we are licensed by GM to build the Corvette Grand Sport too. And uh, if I carry on, yeah, a very exciting program. We've just been licensed by Ford Motor Company to build the Shelby GR1. And not, not many people, if you look up on the internet, you put it in Shelby GR1, you will see a 
amazing car that 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 Ford had the prototypes built in 2004, and it did the full circuit with Carol. Went to all the big shows, New York Auto Show and and LA Show, and um, stunning car. The, the the people at Ford and and all the Ford enthusiasts and Shelby enthusiasts have wanted this car to come out, and of course Ford didn't bring it out. But uh, now we are. It should be here in about two years' time. We've got some really exciting things going forward with Super Performance um, with the GR1. But as I mentioned earlier to you, um, one of the big holdups for us at the moment is the, the, the passing of HR22, which was passed and signed into act. Um, but uh, we're waiting for NHTSA, National Highway Transportation Safety Association, to finally give us our regulations so we can go ahead and be a low-volume manufacturer. Uh, that'll allow us to build 325 cars a year uh, with federal bin numbers on and, um, and and the restrictions are not as, as, as difficult as what they are for a, for a full-time manufacturer that builds thousands to millions of cars. Um, because we're only building 325, we, we have to meet certain EPA standards and, and we've passed all that. We've got all that done. We're just waiting for NHTSA. We have to tailpipe emissions and, and certain things. So we're sitting back with a lot of inventory and a lot of cars waiting for NHTSA to sign out and send our regulations. Um, and SEMA have done a hell of a job to help us. Uh, they, they, they've really been behind us from day, well, after about for the last five years that they've been behind us hard and, and done all they could to help us get it through. So that's some of the stuff to do with Super Performance. Uh, we specialized in anything that, that, that Carol or Ford or GM at this point made famous in the 60s. I absolutely love what you do because you're bringing back some of the most beautiful cars probably to ever be built. Like, and I'm, how do you feel about the way cars are manufactured now where, you know, Frankly, I mean, I don't think any of them look as good as, you know, the ones that you're bringing back onto the market. You know, th there are some really exciting new cars. And of course, I'm, I'm really excited about getting my new Ford GT, which is coming out. But they have, they've had to make the cars um, with, with all the controls and all the equipment that go in them. They, they're not as pure to drive. I think the 60s probably were the purest of all the cars. You, you really, every piece of that car you feel when you drive your your senses have to be 100 percent. you know those drivers that raced those days i still call them the real men when you consider they were in these cars for 24 hours you know sometimes three to four hour stints at a time and uh and we and we get to drive the very pure ones we build <clears throat> where we don't put extra comfort or dynamat or anything like that in and my, my, my son is 33 years old and he would for instance take the aluminum Daytona and we, we just take it to a track event and we do a couple of laps he comes back and he says dad I'm so hot I'm sweating I can't breathe anymore and I say just think those real men race those cars in the rain in the, 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 the incredible circumstances at Lamar at Sebring uh, Daytona um, um, but but Getting back to it, you know, with, with, with what we have available today, we're starting to put more modern engines in the 60s cars we build. We've done some really modernized versions, believe it or not. For China, we exported a, a couple of Cobras that had air conditioning, power steering, electric windows. 
they had um, uh, 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 backup cameras, they had um, ABS, traction control. Um, it was different driving them, uh, but I would admit they, they were pretty nice. You know, you, you felt like you, you, had, you were in something safe. It wasn't going to spin out on you. Um, it, it was pretty amazing. That is amazing. And just to be clear, uh, just for anyone listening, that these are new cars you're building, not restorations, not uh, old chassis or anything like that. These are new factory-produced vehicles, right? That's correct. They're all manufactured in our factory. Our factory is approximately 800,000 square foot. Um, we have anywhere between four and 600 employees at the factory. Uh, and everything is manufactured brand new on and in a lot of the cases, I mean, the way we do the windshields for the Cobras, the brass windshield, that's done how they did them 60 years ago. There's no modern machines to do that. So we do the bending, the curing, the, 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 the chrome plating, everything the way they did back then. Um, the GT40s are all steel monocoque. They're not a kit car with a fiberglass roof and stuff like, you, like the other kit car manufacturers. This is done to the same... Uh, uh, specifications and, and better of course we use a better zinc galvanized steel so we don't have the rust problems they had back then um, but everything else is the same it's a pressed steel monocoque uh, with the welding spot welding done the way they did it then it's naturally better equipment but it, it, it all looks correct we've had world authorities look at the car and say man that that is the only thing is it's, it's too perfect compared to an original gt40 but otherwise it's all there the way they did it and um and of course the our gt40s have the original p series number which was on the original cars um uh, and 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 licensed by sapper who, who owned the rights to gt40 well we've I'm, also I'm been licensed by, awesome. yeah we've been licensed by golf we've gone to all the region mate everything to we also met up with uh, john horseman who was the the director on the original team that raced the the cars for Ford and for Alan Mann in, in 19, John Wire in 1968 and 69. Um, and, and, he, and he got most of the employees to sign on a plate. I think there's 18 of them still alive. Um, and they, so everything's been done correctly when we bring out a car. You're buying something, you're buying a piece of history, you're just not paying multiple millions to own it. And you can drive it and enjoy it. And that's the difference with a super performance car. I love that. And I love how you brought up that the parts are being built the same way they were 60 years ago. Because again, I think what you do is so amazing because you're bringing back the beauty of a different generation of vehicles. You know, it, it reminds you of the real men that would race these things. And like when that was the standard of just, you know, cars and building cars instead so of bring back the craftsmanship involved with building the cars. I think that goes, that's such an important component that really, really makes it a special machine at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a ride. And, and one of the most wonderful things the last 20 years of, of living in the U.S., I'm now an American citizen, really proud to be an American. And, but to meet, I've met almost most of these guys um, over the, the last 20 years that, that worked for Carol in the 60s. Unfortunately, we're losing a lot of them uh, every year. Um, but it just, just to see these guys, and they had the same passion. I'm seeing the same passion in, in my people who work for me now. We don't realize that we're probably making history in 20, 30 years' time. They'll say, don't you remember, Lance, when you, there, were, there were eight of you in the back there and you were doing this and you finished this GT40 and, and we did that. And, and, of course, the guys at the factory, you know, the, 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 there's, a, there's a hell of a passion. They could work in, in industries where they could get paid better, but they'd rather work on these cars and, um, and, and, and enjoy it. 
I, I'm so curious to find out what about that passion, you know, because it seems like in the world of cars and especially, you know, looking back on these beautiful cars that were built, people are passionate about them more so than they're uh, anything else. Like, you don't get that passionate about, you know, a refrigerator built in the 60s. But, you know, when it comes to your driving machine, it's something that really it's like an extension of, of yourself, of your identity. For you, what drives that passion? What do you think it is for your for the people that work in the factory? Well, you know, for me, it's always been about cars. I started off at a very young age. My father sold cars. He was a, as we say, used car salesman. I always say that's all I am. I'm just a qualified used car salesman. And uh, I, we started off in, in, in Hillbrow, on the hill next to the bank. We called it the company Hill Bank. And that's the name I brought to America of one of my companies. And, and he, uh, you know, he, he was always at the old car shows and he restored cars and, and I would work with him and so that that just grew and 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 I can't imagine anybody restoring a Prius or do you call it a Prius <laughs> <laughs> I'm to use um the guy from Top Gear that I've got I've forgotten his name for some reason uh, you called it a Prius all the time but I can't see guys doing that whereas you look at the cars from the 60s that, that you could still work on them uh, tools still have a function on them the modern stuff, you know, everything is computerized and they are great. Let me tell you now, I look at this a lot. I'll look at a, 90, a Model A Ford and then you look at the new Ford GT and you say, well, how did we get from that all the way here? You know, just amazing how, how technology has evolved and, and, and the excitement. And, and Superformance is looking at modern technology too. Um, we, we're very closely partnered with Shelby American and Shelby Licensing and, um, have worked well well together with Shelby for oh, close on 15 years now. Um, and, and we're looking at even electric drivetrains for some of our cars. And people are saying, oh, no, you can't do that. But but circumstances have changed for a lot of us. And, and I have owners that so badly want to own a Cobra. But if you live in a development where you all live on top of each other and you've got this noisy cobra that starts up at 6 a.m. to go to a car show on a Sunday, you very quickly start getting problems from some of your neighbors. And so we, we, we've come out with, uh, we're working on an electric drivetrain for a slab side cobra and, and a couple others. And of course, the GR1 will have electric drivetrain hybrid version available. Uh, and, and it's exciting. Uh, you know, the, the cars are very fast, of course. You know, electric powertrains are very fast. It, it does, it does change the the car but you still get that beautiful look and 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 that's what most of these owners want they want to go out in the street and drive something that everybody else hasn't got they don't want to stop at a shopping center and, and there's 10 brand new corvettes standing there and they're beautiful cars you know for the money there's nothing that beats a new corvette but but at the end of the day it's just a new corvette and, and anybody can have one but a cobra a GT40, a Daytona no matter where you go it, it's it's just totally unique that's amazing. I'm so curious about the electric drivetrains. I mean, I think the beauty of the cars really is what is, you know, outlasting, you know, and, and, uh, I, I don't know. Have you learned, have you thought about like, uh, Tesla's experience, you know, Tesla, like Elon Musk, another South African gentleman, uh, yeah. car company, but what is it with you South African guys and your beautiful cars? It's crazy. Um, <laughs> no, I always <clears throat> I look at him and 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 I and I and I'm naturally a fan because the, the guy really has no fear. I mean, he he's he risks everything every time. He, he's he's just crazy. I always say we're just too dumb and stupid to give up. Um, <laughs> and, and 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 
you know, coming from South Africa, you know, you, you come to America and, and your back's against the wall. You realize that, that you have to do something. You know, I was successful in South Africa. I'd done well. I grew the largest salvage company in South Africa. And my intention was to come to America and, and build a salvage company. And I very quickly realized that I was so small and I was going to get squashed out by the big players over here so quickly that, that, that this big deal that I thought I was coming to America was not going to last very long. And I'm so glad I didn't pursue that. Um, it was a very interesting industry and we've done, we done very well, well with this stuff. But um, I was saying, you know, with Elon, he, he, he just doesn't fear anything. This guy is, people say, oh, he's done. He's blown out this time. And then I said, don't you worry about it. The, 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 you know, he doesn't sleep a whole lot. You stay awake a lot and, and you, you, you come up with solutions. There's never a problem that doesn't have a solution. There is a solution there somewhere. Just got to find it. Yeah. And, you know, like when he first built uh, the the first Tesla Roadster was off like a Lotus body. Yeah, and yeah, I know they, yeah. they ran into a number of challenges sort of retrofitting that with an electric drivetrain. Do you foresee similar challenges? I mean, like the cars you're working with, I feel like might be even smaller. Uh, how are you going how do you have any plans or ideas of how to like handle that challenge well yeah we we definitely are going to have some teething problems in the in the beginning but the difference is when 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 tesla started it was electric was was pretty wasn't pretty new i mean how jay leno's got old electric cars going way back but the electric technology has moved so far ahead and 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 made it a lot easier for us to adapt we're not going to try and create our own of any, any way we will use what is out there and um that's that's and that's going to make our job a lot easier and our cars are not daily driven cars so it's not about having a 300 mile range uh they cars that the guys go down to the coffee shop and you know go visit their friends and go home and cars driven uh two three times a, a month and and so that so it'll be a lot easier for us to get on board Got it. Got it. Well, I love that. I think if you're able to bring modern uh, electric vehicle technology into those beautiful, uh, you know, old style vehicles like that, that's like the culmination of, uh, of, of a beautiful driving machine there. Um, I, I'm curious. It seems like some of the magic for Superformance is your ability to get the licensing and like the, the proper you go through all the proper channels to, to do what you do. How, how does that, how did you go about that? Cause that seems like an unmountable task for anyone looking from the outside in. They go, but I'm never going to get licensed by Shelby to build these things. Like, how did you do that? Well, you nailed it. Okay. You nailed it so well. You know, when we first initially built the first Cobras and of course we did approach Carol and we had offered him a, a royalty and he just, flat broke said no and get out of here i'll sue you to the end and and unfortunately that happened you know after we delivered about the 600 car uh or yeah 400 or 600 carol launched this big lawsuit against us and it carried on for two and a half years and i don't know how i don't want to tell you how many multiple millions it cost us and cost carol to fight it and we ended up we won the case but we ended up doing a license agreement with carol after that and we've been wonderful partners since then um, but then the next step was this, this crazy African decided he wants to get licensed by General Motors to build a Corvette outside of GM and put the name Corvette on it. I did not want it to be a kit car or anything like that. And uh, when I first approached GM, it, 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 man, I didn't get past the hello. You want to do what? Are you crazy? And this carried on and this carried on. And, 
And after about four and a half years, believe it or not, it was a Ford contact that gave me, he was a senior person in Ford and he was retiring and he gave me his, his, his contact in GM that was at the top. And, and the guy actually listened and he said, okay, I'm going to get you an interview with our licensing arm. And uh, if they, if they, if they think it's uh, viable then you know, and I, I remember flying to Michigan and walking in there, the guy said, what did they send you here to do? We're going to give you a license to build a Corvette. And, the, and, and Steve was his name at the time. I won't use any last names now. He, he, he's retired, I believe. And um, Ben Romero was there. Um, great guys. And, and they, but they were wonderful. They listened. They could see the passion. And they could see that Super Performance, whatever we had done, we'd, 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 we'd given those companies a good name afterwards. We'd never let them down. Uh, there'd never been any problems with anything Super Performance had manufactured. And, and as I said, we'd already built at that stage over 2,000 cars and as many years ago. And uh, yeah, they went ahead with a license and, and that, was, that was pretty amazing. And uh, so I have other licenses in mind for the future. A couple of the other big manufacturers, it'll be the first time we'll be moving offshore to some European manufacturers um, and, and talking to them about um, uh, uh, licensing cars they built back in the 60s. Wow, that's super exciting. Would you be willing to share a glimpse of maybe some of those uh, cars you'd like to restore, <laughs> the European cars? Um, yeah, you know, naturally, I'm a, I'm a Porsche fan. I have also owned a lot of Porsches in South Africa and they're just wonderful cars and, and people have been knocking them off for years and nobody's ever done anything about a license or worried about that. And um, so I'd like to talk to them, uh, you know, we, we're busy working on that. And then, of course, the, 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 the crown would be at some point, um, it's, it's, a, it's probably an aim for about five, six years time. Uh, but to speak to the big red bull, Ferrari, the big red horse, put it, wow. put it that way. Yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, what is sort of the qualifiers for you to determine which cars you want to, you want to bring back? Uh, what do you look for? You know, it, it's, it's usually the ones that are the most collectible, obviously, you know, um, and they're still going to be drivable. You know, people have come to me and said, Lance, why haven't you done the Mark IV GT40? And I said, look, the Mark IV is beautiful. It's wonderful, but it's not drivable. And, and we don't want to produce cars at this point that we have to sell for a million dollars. You know, super performances start at, at, at as low as 50,000, 60,000 before the engine. And then the most expensive super performances are around half a million. Um, and that's our Shelby variations. Um, but uh, we don't have any million-dollar cars. And, and the thing is, the, 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 the Mark IV done properly would have to be a million-dollar car. And I don't know that it's not a real nice street-driving car. Uh, believe it or not, our GT40s drive really well. We've got owners with 60 and 70,000 miles on their GT40s with air conditioning, of course, and um, they've driven them. And so we get approached by a lot of, lot of companies, a lot of people that own the rights to, to cars from the past. Um, but if we think it's not going to be a, a car that can be driven on the street and there's not a wide appeal for it, um, we don't do it. We, we need to do stuff that can sell on usually on minimum around 10 a month. Got it. Got it. And where, where do you find most of your clients come from? Are they, I think you're based in Orange County, right? And where yeah, so we, are your clients? <clears throat> yeah, we're based in Orange County, uh, but I do have a dealer network throughout the world. Uh, really excited. We even got a dealer in Manila now. Angie came on a, a year ago. Uh, we, we've, we've got 
dealers in China, Australia, uh, of course, most of Europe. Um, but I would say in the early days when I took over the company, it was probably almost 80% was sold, 90, 85% was sold in the US. It's changed now. It's, it's, it's closer to about a 60-40 split. Um, and, and the more expensive uh, Shelby's uh, and GT40s are, are almost a 50-50 with Europe at the moment. Um, France, Belgium, Germany, they, they, they love American cars. They love the American products, stuff from the 60s. And they all they love Carroll Shelby, Bob Bonneron. Guys like that are almost more famous over there than they are in the U.S. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I, I'm curious, like in your experience as an entrepreneur, you know, like I, I have a business of my own and I know how challenging it can be. And, you know, so looking at your accomplishments, I'm, I would love to learn more about sort of like how you go about taking on these large challenges and, and succeeding with them. And, you know, if this was your intention as an entrepreneur to begin with, to, to get into this field or sort of how did this all begin and grow into what it's been become now? Yeah, you know, I'd love to, to say, be able to say this was some big master plan. It, it wasn't. It it just fell into place that way. Um, we had come across to, as I said, to start a salvage company in America, and I uh, was having some challenges getting that going. And they'd have heard of the about the Cobras, the super performance cars being sold in the U.S. And initially, I wasn't interested. Um, but as I said, my wife said, "Let's just start that on the side and just have a little just." Keep her busy because she had always worked in my company in South Africa. She started actually working for my dad before I did because I had to go to the army for two years in South Africa. And um, when I came out, she was already working for my dad. And uh, so, yeah, so it, it just fell into place. And then as I, as I looked at it, I saw this is what has to happen. You, you don't want to be a kid car manufacturer. You, you really want to be a manufacturer. You want to be a car manufacturer. And that's where super performance is going. Lower volume is going to help. It will be the first step. And eventually, super performance plans to be a full, fully fledged manufacturer. Um, it will never be a high. I don't see it in my time as a high volume manufacturer. But uh, specialist cars in, in a reasonable numbers will be done by super performance. I can't wait to see what you're able to produce. What, you mentioned early on the, uh, the new regulation that just came yes, in. Yes. Yes. Uh, what was it called? HR one. It's HR twenty two. Um, you can look it up on the internet it's under HR twenty two or Low Volume Manufacturers Act. Uh, but really, your listeners, I would love it if they could go to SEMA's website, uh, sema dot com. Um, and you you look it up, you will find it there. And if you could support it and send it to your local congressman and wherever you can send the information to to get it going, it's a job creation bill. Uh, Superformance is not the only company relying on it. In fact, there's a few hundred companies relying on it. All small businesses. This is how the auto industry started in in, in the world a hundred years ago. Uh, little little companies like Harley Davidson and and that building one and two motorcycles and built up to these massive companies. And that's this low volume is going to help a lot of small companies. Uh, there's a lot of us in this industry and, and, and this is going to be our opening and, and, and it's going to help all the industries around us because everybody we buy parts from and all our support, all the supports are out there. Uh, it's a big deal and it's fortunate it's being held up. It's been held up by two years now. It's, uh, when it was originally signed in by Obama, uh, it, the, the, the regulatory bodies were given one year to accept the regulations or write new regulations. 
of course, it's too, too nearly, it's going on for two and a half years now, and, and they still have not finalized. We did get the EPA on board, and we did get CARB, California Aerospace Bureau, and, and BAR on board. It's just NHTSA now, that the National Highway Transportation and Safety Association. That's what we're waiting for. It's sitting on one of their desks. We just need them to push it through. Superformance is already registered as a manufacturer and has its 17-digit bin number. But I may not put it on a car yet <laughs> until I get that notification. Wow. So just to be clear about what this law is, it's a, it's a proposition to make small volume manufacturing, you know, regulated and possible. Is that it? Yeah. It, 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 so it's made the regulations. You don't have to federalize a car. If you build less than 325 a year, uh, you, you just need to, the main regulation is, is tailpipe emissions. There's some evap, there's some monitoring, um, but we don't have to do the extensive crash testing, uh, airbags. Um, uh, we, we, at this point, we're not asked for traction control or ABS, even though our cars will have traction control and EBS. ABS. So we're actually taking it to the next level. And, and all of us as manufacturers, you know, this is just to help us get a foot in the door. And as we produce the cars and, of course, make some money, that's the plan, we will, you know, grow the company and grow what goes into the cars and, and, and we'll be able to get. But if you're only building 325, you cannot federalize a car unless you sell it for $2 million a car because it's, it's multiple, multiple millions to, to federalize a car. So basically, all these small manufacturers or, or small volume manufacturers were able to, you had to follow the Fed, your federal regu regulations that would affect, you know, GM, Ford, like the massive companies. Wow. To so, date, we wow. have to sell our cars that we sell at the moment as kit cars. And that's unfortunately why we labeled with a kit car. We have to sell it like they We have to sell it minus engine and transmission um, or, or a box of parts. You know, either way, we, can, we may not sell them complete driving. It's, that's against the federal law currently. And it's really hampered our business and hampered our growth. It makes it more difficult for a customer to finance one of our cars. He really has to have cash to come and buy it. Um, there are, you know, other companies out there that are breaking the rules, um, but um, Superformance doesn't and, and hasn't, you know, in the 25 years we've been in the U.S. Wow, that, that's amazing. I mean, I, I could see so many. Uh, I'm surprised that they've hampered sort of the, the creativity and the passion that you mentioned for the people that work in your factory. You know, I'm sure there's a lot more people out there like that who would be building some beautiful stuff if it wasn't for that. You know, there, there would be a lot more. And, you know, innovation also comes from a lot of these small companies, you know, the uh, wonderful innovative things can we de develop that will go into mainstream eventually. So it's, it's holding up a lot, uh, keeping the low volume manufacturers bill uh, from, from, from being used um, is holding up a lot in our industry. And it, this is specifically for the auto industry or does it cover more uh, fields as well? Uh, It'll cover auto and, of course, motorcycles and stuff like that. Now, motorcycles are easier to federalize, um, but um, it, you know, some of them would want to go under this also. Right yeah. now, it's predominantly for cars, and, uh, and, and it's for vintage cars. It has to be a car that was produced 25 years or earlier. Got it. Got it. Okay. And... Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. I'm excited to see... Uh, if this law gets passed, what happens from it? So basically, if, if anyone has 
they can write something to their congressman, push HR 22. Yeah, please. please, yeah, we'd recommend. You can look it up. It's all over the internet. It's very easy to find under HR 22 or low volume manufacturer bill. Or as I say, you go to the SEMA website and there are many links about it and, and letters pre-written that you can send through to your congressman um, or anybody you think who has any influence on NHTSA would be the best. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Love that. I'll definitely check that out myself. So when it comes to getting a super performance car, what kind of, what level of customization can someone choose? And you know, actually the sky's the limit. You know, we get the guys who are still traditionalists and want the car 100% tradition with an old big block in it and all the rest. Um, or what we're finding more of now, and we're selling to 20 year olds. You know, people thought, well, once the, the, the older generation high off, there won't be anybody to buy our Cobras that remember them. Well, they forget these, these cars were in games and, and, and all these, you know, computer games and stuff. So we get young, young, we will be at a car show and, and a 28 year old said, man, you actually building those cars. I remember playing that. I always picked the Cobra as my car in the game. And, and now he's, you know, he's, he's a, He's done well. He works in software or something like that and, and buys a Cobra from us. So we find, but then it tends to be a more modernized version with a new Coyote. And we're putting emission controlled engines in those cars. We're getting 26 miles to a gallon in a Cobra with 440 horsepower with a modern Ford engine. Uh, so, so we're really getting some exciting stuff. And you can go 18 inch wheels. And the guys are, you know, picking them up with blackout packages. And we call it our custom series. Uh, it's very popular. The custom series has has a couple of, and of course they put sound systems and stuff like that. So we've moved with how the popular the the the, the customers have moved and, and 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 the requirements have. Wow, that that's amazing. I mean, I, again, I think you know beyond even just knowing about the cars, or you know, like I, I could definitely see a younger generation loving these super performance cars, not just because of you know, they're a relic of the past because the beauty of the design is timeless. You know, they, these are things that are so well designed uh, that it's hard to not recognize the beauty. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, there were, yeah, we got a, we got a lovely story. Remember we were at a, at a, at a cars and coffee event and um, a couple of guys drove in, all the guys drove in with their brand new Ferraris and, and we were parked on the one side and this one older guy came in and he had a, a young girlfriend and she bounced out of the Ferrari. She was very young with a very short pair of shorts on and a very small top on. And she came bouncing out the Ferrari and she came running up to the Cobras and she's pointing like crazy at the Cobra and he's trying to ignore her. And she's saying, honey, honey, you got to get a cool car like this. And that's in front of all his Ferrari buddies when he thought he had the cool car at, of the day. Uh, so, yeah, we realize that the youngsters do love the shape of the Cobra. It's just, just, it's just got that cool appeal. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think that's a great, that story is a beautiful metaphor for, yeah. just, you yeah. know, like beauty persists. It really does show through over time, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, yes, she was in this guy's $400,000 Ferrari, and she's jumping around and freaking out about a $100,000 super performance Cobra. <laughs> it's not the price that you, you yeah. pay for yeah. it. It's how yeah. it looks, right? And how it looks. No, that's true. That's true. And yeah, so. That's amazing. Well, well I love that stuff. And, uh, Lance, I mean, is there anything that, you know, like any, uh, what would you like to see happen in your field, in your industry? Would you like to see more people doing what Superformance is doing? Would you like to see yourself just launching more vehicles? Like what's sort of the end game in 
accuracy performance in your opinion? No, uh, you know, it's, it's always exciting. You know, people, some people are anti-competition and, and competition has always been what's made me stronger. I always say, you know, if you don't have competition, you, you get stagnant. And uh, seeing more companies that we're seeing at the moment coming up, doing, doing cars, uh, it, it's getting more exciting. It's also opening the market and more people are realizing that these more exciting older vehicles, modernized, are available. So, you know, it, it, I, I, I love what's going on in, in the industry at the moment. I just, I just hate the way it's been hampered and held up and held back at the moment. But, um, you know, the, the, you couldn't do anything more exciting. As I said, I have a showroom with over 120 Shelbys and 60s cars in, and, and I know each one of them, if they were originally manufactured in the 60s, they would be multiple millions. And, and the guys who own those original cars don't get to enjoy them as much as they would like to because of the fear of driving them on the road. And whereas my owners can drive them, enjoy them, replace them, they also don't depreciate um, our cars, don't depreciate like, like a modern car. If you buy a new Corvette or a new Porsche, uh, within a few years, it's worth 50% of what you paid for it, and it just keeps going down. Eventually, it turns around, but you've got to wait 30, 40 years. Whereas our cars just stay constant. They have a slight depreciation every year, anywhere from 5 to 10% as our price goes up because they're not easily attainable. They're not all over. Um, so you've got something you can enjoy. It can stay in the garage and it's not depreciating. But um, and, and I'm excited with the way the market's going for us. Yeah, I love what you say about competition because, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what's going to drive the innovation. And right. I, I love how you're taking, again, like the modern approach to – these vehicles like if you do add electric drivetrain and, and you know create fully electric uh you know vehicles. it opens a whole new market opens a whole yeah. new market of guys and they they the enthusiasts of the future you know they, they definitely are you can't stay you can't live in the past all the time absolutely would you ever consider approaching tesla to get access to their self-driving software and hardware we are with we talking to them at the moment Oh my God, that is absolutely amazing. That would be, you're, you're creating a future in my mind here where people are driving the most beautiful cars ever built just with, you know, modern safety and, uh, and, you know, environmental clean, yeah, clean, yeah. clean stuff that, yeah. Yeah. you know, but still just as beautiful. I love that. It's super exciting. Yeah. And any yeah. other, uh, any other secrets you got over there that, no, <laughs> I think. I think we've covered it, you know, apart from the extension now, we, we're looking at new, we opened a new branch in Arizona, which is a home store, and we're looking at a, in a, another one in Florida. I have independent dealers, but so there will be a couple more um, Hillbank branches throughout the U.S. and, uh, and a Hillbank in Europe very soon um, in negotiations at this time. A lot of it is reliant on low volume because we do need the 17-digit bin number on the cost make our export to Europe easier. So that, that's obviously exciting stuff. And um, if I can put it in this way, if anybody wants to see more about the Superformance cars, just www.superformance.com um, and uh, you can go on that or uh, you can also visit Hill Bank USA. And that's just hill and a bank, USA.com. Love it. Lance, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I love learning about this stuff. Super excited for what you're working on and what you're doing going forward. I, I, again, I, I really appreciate what you do. I think it's amazing work. And uh, 
you know, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to leave with the audience? Any ask requests or anything like that? Uh, no, I think you did a great job, man. You, you, you got, got almost all of it out of me. I can't think of too much that I've forgotten. Um, you'll always see Sue Performance and, and, and walk up to Sue Performance owner if you ever see him. You can ask him if it's a Sue Performance. He'll be really proud. Just don't ask him if it's real because really it is real. If you touch it, you can feel it. It is real. It doesn't have to be built in 1960 to be real. So um, that's one of the things that the Sue Performance owner and, and even a Shelby owner now, the new Shelby's, hate the first thing because is it real? Well, it sure feels real to me and it looks real to me. So yeah, walk up to them, talk to them. Uh, they love talking about their cars. And uh, as I said, we've got over 5,000 on the road now. Uh, three, 380 odd GT40s and they, Ford originally produced a little over 80 or 90 GT40s in total. Uh, and Daytona's, of course, there were six originals, and we built about 250 Daytona's. That is amazing. Again, love what you do. Best of luck to you going forward. Hopefully, I found myself in the Superformance showroom down in Orange County in the relative future. Uh, thank you again. Thanks, Patty. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed. I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please Help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.